Hello, and welcome to the Acting Notes Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting, from tips and tricks to business information. I'm your host, Justin Powell, and today we're going to talk about being a multi-hyphenate. Is that something that you should do in your acting career? I'll explain. First off, I would like to apologize because I imagine the sound quality of this episode might be a bit different than what you are expecting. (laughs) It's usually, I think, slightly better. I am on the road right now. I'm in Austin, Texas, visiting family and checking out South by Southwest. And so I don't have my usual setup. I'm recording as well as I can. So I apologize because I don't think the quality will sound as good, but who knows? Maybe you're listening to this and thinking, it's amazing. It's actually better than you normally do. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm just trying to get ahead of it. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of being a multi-hyphenate in your acting career. And that might be a bit of a confusing term for some of you out there. Not for everyone. And that's okay if it is or if it isn't. Went a bit uh, Irish there on that one. (laughs) A multi-hyphenate is essentially a word that just means you don't only act. You also write or you direct or you do something else around the entertainment industry. Although I believe usually it is in reference to the idea that you are creating, you're filmmaking. You know, you're making a web series or short films, uh, feature films even. You're just doing more than one thing. You know, back in the day, it was the triple threat, right? It was a person that could act, that could sing, and that could dance. And nowadays, it tends to be more along the lines of, can you act, write, and direct? We see a lot of people in Hollywood that have made it this way, right? The first person that comes to mind for me is John Krasinski, who was an actor and then became a writer and then a director with The Quiet Place, or A Quiet Place, rather. And there are many examples of people that came up that way. Issa Rae is another one who, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, began by creating her own web series and then was able to turn the acclaim she got off of that web series or maybe even turn the web series itself into Insecure on HBO, which is an amazing show if you haven't seen it. And of course, she acts in that as well and directs episodes as well. So the question is, should you do it? Should you become a writer and director on top of your acting? Well, first, let's talk about why you might not or why you would decide against it. For some people, and I think this is a common thing, at least in America, I don't know how it is in other countries, but there's a tendency to think you should just be good at one thing. You should just focus on that one thing and become great at it. And to be fair, there are a lot of examples in our culture that shows people who are obsessed with that one thing that rise to greatness. And I think that is important to recognize. So you might be thinking, why would I bother trying to write or direct when I should really be focusing all of my spare time on acting? That should be the one thing that I focus on, my craft, that I put 10,000 hours into. Well, I think the issue with that kind of logic is even if you put in all these hours practicing the craft outside of a job, 
outside of rehearsal, right? Outside of being on set. I don't think you're going to have the same access to jobs as someone else who uses this ideology, right? Because the, the person I'm thinking of right now is like Kobe Bryant, who was obsessive about basketball. You know, he was in the gym at 3 a.m. in the morning for his first workout, and then he'd leave and have some breakfast, and then he'd come back for his second workout. Then he'd leave and have some lunch, then he'd come back for his third workout, and then he would play the basketball game. And so people like that who have this one-track mind, you know, I think in something like sports, it does become how good are you, right? In sports in particular, there's many cases of people who have done bad things in their personal lives that would probably cause you to lose your job in any other career. But in sports, if you can still play well, most teams will still be willing to take a chance on you. So all that to say, I think with actors, it's a bit different. We can dedicate all of our time to growing our acting craft, but at the end of the day, you still have to audition to get that job. And that job is not something that's dependent on how good you are at acting. Not necessarily, right? Sometimes that can be the deciding factor between you and another actor. But sometimes you go in to read for a job and they're thinking, no, this person has, is they're just a bit too tall. I don't like how tall they are. Or even, you know, I like this person, but the other person, they have this teacher on their resume and I really like actors from that teacher. There's always, in acting, there's always small things that can separate someone. And a lot of times, talent doesn't necessarily come into it. There are times when people get called ahead. You know, they might get a call back or they might even get a meeting with producers or casting directors only because they look the part. You know, we've heard stories of people that get jobs even though they've never taken an acting class before. So these things happen in our business. So I don't think we can really put a ton of stock into the idea that, well, if I just focus only on acting, I am 10 times, 15 times, two times more likely to make it as an actor. I don't think we can trust that. So I think ultimately, my, my argument in this podcast episode is that you should become a multi-hyphenate. And listen, I don't know your circumstances. I don't know who you know or your connections. I don't know what your process is. But I think it would be conducive for anyone who enters into acting to also try to understand writing and directing in particular. There are other things you can do, of course. I mean, Michael Keaton, I believe, was just working as like a PA on sets until someone finally said, you should go to Hollywood. You should act. But ultimately, it's finding other, to me, creative pursuits, right? Because I think we've all experienced, or a lot of us have experienced, the day job we have to have to support our acting. And normally, that day job is not something that is really filling our soul up. It might be filling our wallets, and in many ways, that's great. I'm not telling you to you know, quit the high-paying day job that you don't actually like that much. I think that's great. But I think if you can find other means of artistic creation, 
that can make you money, even if it's not acting. You know, I assume if you're listening to this podcast that you are someone who views acting like I do, which it is the best thing I can do. It is, for me, acting is divine. It's something that I love so much. But sometimes I get to do photography work. And I really enjoy that. It's not the same as acting. But there is a level of artistry there. Sometimes I'm working on a set as someone in the background, as a DP or as a director. And I find that to be very rewarding as well. Not as much as acting, but up there. A different level of creativity. So why should you be a multi-hyphenate? Well, for one, if you become a multi-hyphenate, you can stop waiting for the industry to make your own work. Right? Because when you're an actor, so much of it is outside of your control. You're sending in audition tapes, and unless someone gives you the job, you're not going to be working. You're not going to be getting paid for what you love to do. You could still work on things, right, outside of all that. But you're not going to be getting paid to act. And oftentimes that can just leave us waiting. It can leave us in this passive state where it's, it's not just that we're waiting for someone to give us permission to act. We're also trying to fit into the mold they see us as. And we've talked on this podcast about type before and how I think there are benefits to playing into your type. But sometimes you might get sick of the industry seeing you a certain way, wanting to cast you a certain way. And you want to showcase that you can do other things. Well, the best way to do that is to go out there and create a project where you showcase that. Write a short film. Write a a pilot episode of a series. But basically, I think becoming a multi-hyphenate allows you to stop resting on your own laurels and just waiting just waiting for someone to give you a job. Instead, you get to go out and try to create something of your own. And you never really know what could hit. You know, I'm always inspired by the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia story, where they just filmed their pilot episode on a camcorder for like $200, I think. And now that show has been on the air for at least 15 seasons. It could be more. In fact, I'm pretty positive it is more. But it all started just because they had the will and the gumption to create what they wanted, right? And now every single one of those actors is someone that is more likely to book roles in the future. We've even seen it. If you watch that show at all, you've seen a lot of them kind of spin off into other projects. But always come back to It's Always Sunny. But there's more reasons that you should become a multi-hyphenate other than just getting to kind of be more active in your career. You know, I think a benefit that I've experienced as I've started to do it more and more, and I did not, you know, when I was younger, this was not something I did. I think I always thought about it, but usually held myself back thinking, I'm just an actor. I went to an acting school. I didn't go to a writing or directing school. So what right do I have? But the right you have, by the way, is that, and we've talked about this on the podcast, 
I, I, gosh, I just said this last episode. I need to stop saying. We've talked about this. But the right you have is that you have experienced what it means to be human differently than anyone else has. So your stories of love, of heartbreak, of wins, of losses are going to be different in some way. Might be minute, but they're going to be different. And so I think a good reason to become a multi-hyphenate is also because it'll help you understand storytelling more. Which is what we do as actors, right? We're part of a collaborative effort to tell a story. And trust me, as we begin to learn more about the craft of storytelling, of screenwriting, of directing, of cinematography, you know, that's always something I find myself very fascinated by is how does the camera move along the story, right? Because the camera controls what we see as an audience member. So how does it move along the story? And it also affects how you act. You know, that's the other thing about becoming a multi-hyphenate. All of this information is beneficial to your acting as well. You start to learn what works on camera and what doesn't. What reads and what doesn't. In fact, many directors are told that they should take an acting class so, they should, so that they can understand actors better and be able to communicate better with them. But I think we would also be better served if we learned more about screenwriting, learned more about filmmaking. You know, read Story by Robert McKee. Read Save the Cat by Blake Snyder, which is a screenwriting book that many, many screenwriters have looked through, though... From what I've heard, many of them will claim they have not looked through it. But as you learn more about the tenets of storytelling, you start to see them more in the films and the TV series that you watch. And here's the other thing about becoming a multi-hyphenate is you probably already are better fit to become a writer and director as well than you realize. Because for many of us that love acting... We try to watch a lot of different things. We try to watch a lot of movies, a lot of series. Pick out the ones that we like and the ones that we don't. And as we do that, just inherently, the beats of storytelling begin to become ingrained within us. You know, we start to recognize certain things in movies and in series. And see if this happens for you. If you're watching a movie or a series and you just kind of call something that's going to happen in the future. You know, that means that you have some storytelling instincts there. And the more that we can enhance those instincts, not only will it help you in your career, it will also just help you as, again, as an actor. It's important to know when the character is reaching the climax of their story arc. It doesn't mean that you can go into the scene consciously thinking, okay, here's the climax. No. But understanding that, being able to kind of plot that out. And then, of course, let it go in the moment is helpful. It's something that will improve your acting if you can help tell a story. 
Another reason that I think this is just so helpful is it. I'll just speak from experience here. As I've gotten into filmmaking and directing, I've noticed that it has changed the way I can network with individuals on set or at networking events. I think I might do a quick aside here on networking events because I just went to one last Thursday. I went to a pre-Oscar party in LA. Uh, It's called InfoList at Jeff Gungland, I believe. If you're in LA, definitely look them up. I always think they're very fun. And you know, I want some friends who were feeling a bit nervous about going. They had never been to a networking event before. And they said they just felt uncomfortable going up to people and saying they're actors and What I told them is the same thing I'm going to tell you, which is, especially at a networking event, everyone's there for the same reason. We're all there to meet other creatives, other artists. And sure, is there some level of, I don't know, kiss-assery going on because you're wanting to make a business connection to some extent? I guess, yeah. But I think... You know, I always try to go into it by thinking, is this someone that I genuinely like? Would I want to work with them for a long period of time? Or is this just me trying to make a connection for the sake of the connection? And I usually don't do those. I try to always make sure that if I am getting someone's information, it's not just for business purposes. It's because I also like this person. They seem like they have a good energy about them. And I'm also not even saying that that is the way to go about it. There are many people, I'm sure, who are like, I don't care, I'll connect with anyone. It's all about getting me to that next job. And, you know, if it works, it works. For me, I don't know if I don't know if I would enjoy that as much. But to each their own. And so that was a quick aside on networking. We got to take the pressure off ourselves you know, as artists to network. Because the fact of the matter is, as much as we love the artistic side of acting, there is a business side that we have to concern ourselves with if we want to make this a career. And that actually leads into my last point, which is one that I mm, I have brought up on the podcast before, which is... 0.04% of SAG actors are paid a teacher's salary a year. The rest make far less. And so, if you're just holding out to acting being the only support system for your career, is it possible? Of course it's possible. But it is an uphill battle. So how do we create a life that's sustainable around that pursuit. You know, I mentioned before that I had a friend who took a six-month break from acting so she could get a degree in coding because that will allow her to get a job that is far more flexible and pays much better than what she was doing before. How do we set ourselves up? I think one way is by Becoming multi-talented. You know, if you could sell a script, how much time would that allow you to then have to work on your acting? And it's not just that. You know, I have some friends 
I'd say my friends in the industry that are rising the fastest are all multi-hyphenates. And part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast, this particular episode, is because they told me, Justin, you have to do this. You know, I'm not going to name drop here, but some of them are getting big opportunities from major companies. And it's not just that. They're also getting, with those opportunities, star names attached. And what they told me was, often when I'm reached out to about a directing job, again, I'm quoting them here, they'll tell me it's it has this person attached to it, and you can play this supporting character. Which means they get scenes then with the celebrity that everyone knows. Which not only looks amazing on their reel, but helps them to get better auditions. But ultimately, it's not just about that, especially with directing, filmmaking, even writing. It's about having some agency over the stories that you want to tell, which are so important. And I think that's what I'm going to kind of end on here with this discussion. You should be a multi-hyphenate because when you're just acting, you're often the vessel for someone else's story. And that's not inherently a bad thing. It's not inherently a good thing. It's just a part of it, right? You're playing parts that are telling someone else's story. And maybe you connect to it in a certain way. Maybe you don't. But when you write and direct your own work, that's when you get to really take control. That's when you really get to put your heart into it. And again, let me be clear. You can put your heart into your acting. Of course, of course, of course. But when you're directing and writing, you're really, you have the pen in your hand. You know, I talk sometimes about finding freedom within the form as actors. You know, the form being the lines that we have to say, the story as written. How do you find freedom in that? When you're the writer and the director, you have the freedom and then you are creating the form. So please, if you take away anything from this, I hope you take away the fact that your voice matters in this industry. And you know what? Just start pursuing it. Just try some things. There's so many great sources on YouTube. You know, as I've been learning more and more, that's been a huge place that I've I've learned from is just looking up screenwriting videos, looking up filmmaking videos. There's amazing books out there already. You can find so much information out there right now on how to become a multi-hyphenate. And I guess I already said the last thing I'll say here, the thing I hope you take away. But obviously, I also, with all of these episodes, this is just my opinion. You know, if you find that trying to do these other things, trying to write and direct is something that's detracting from your happiness or your joy around art, don't just do it because 
Justin from Acting Notes said I should. You know? Always trust your instinct. Don't let fear be the reason you don't try something. Don't let fear of, you know, making a, a short that you don't really like that much or writing something that you think people won't like. Don't let that stop you. But always, you know, assess. See what's working for you as an artist, as a person, and go from there. So I hope this helps. And thank you for listening to the Acting Notes podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, or you enjoyed this podcast episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and review because it helps other people find the podcast. And you can always reach out to me on the acting notes at Instagram and TikTok. That's the name of the uh, profiles, the acting notes. You can always reach out to me with any questions, comments, concerns, and I will always do my best to get back to you. You know, I really... I recently had someone reach out and ask me a fair amount of questions about their career, and it was just, it feels nice to be able to help someone, you know? And so I, I very much appreciate anyone that listens to this podcast. Anyway, I'm Justin Powell. Have a good day. Peace. Peace.